Hey, this is Max, and you're listening to a special edition of The Uncommon Truth. Thanks for joining us. So, so far in 2020, we've been releasing an episode every two weeks on Mondays, and we're doing that so we can focus a little bit more on our content creation and making sure we've got really good conversations headed your way. But we thought with all the things going on with coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, pandemic spreading everywhere, and, and everybody being off work, and and being at home quarantined, we thought we wanted to do our part to share, share a little bit more content and uh, help lift everybody up. So today we're going to be dropping an episode that aired originally back on October 16th. And uh, it's been probably our most, our most popular episode and it features Steve and Vicky Orsillo together. Regular podcast listeners are going to recognize Steve and Vicky. Steve joins us on a pretty regular basis. And Vicki is his wife. They're the pastor couple at the Father's House Church, senior pastor couple. And they have seen their fair share of adversity. We recorded this conversation with Steve and Vicki back in October, not long after their granddaughter, Avalyn Wallace, passed away uh, from leukemia after a three-year battle with the disease. The reason it fits so well with our show, The Uncommon Truth, is because They had a really uncommon approach, and they continue to have a really uncommon approach to adversity and how they allow it to shape their faith. So with all the things going on in the world today, with uh, new news every day about the virus spreading and people getting sick and, and the economy crashing, all this adversity, I thought this conversation with Steve and Vicky would be a really good refresher to how Christians who actually know Jesus and and want to follow him uh, can actually maintain joy and peace and faith in adversity. So that's what this conversation is going to be about. If you can stick around to the end of that conversation, the end of the show, I'm going to give you some more updates on what life is like here at The Uncommon Truth in Northern California, where we've been hit kind of hard, but not as hard as other places uh, by this outbreak and everything. Um, And I want to tell you some ways that you can keep in contact if you're in quarantine or or, uh, self-isolation or maintaining your social distance. So stick around for that. And now I'm pleased to represent Steve and Vicky Orsillo. Thanks for joining us. All right. Well, it's my pleasure to have Steve and Vicky Orsillo, Vicky for the first time on the Uncommon Truth podcast. And uh, I, I already know, based on our pre pre recording conversation, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild ride. So stick with us, Vicky. I'm so happy to have you here. We talked we've talked a lot about you. You've listened to a bunch of the show, so you know what we're all about here. And uh, I think what we're gonna talk about today is gonna be really impactful for a lot of people. But thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad and honored to be here. Thanks, Max. So we we got coffee going. We're here in our School of Transformation building. And uh, you'll hear some cars rumbling by, of course, and you might hear some wild music. Uh, you might hear some Taco Bell going on. We're, we're eating lunch, and we got, yeah, there's Steve's ch- step away from the chalupa. Yeah, he tried right? the chalupa. Back away. Back away, away from the chalupa. I got I to gotta hear that at some point. Uh, I know I, I listened to that when we were first kind of, first kind of listening to the, uh, the different sermons. I heard the story of the chalupa, but um, I'll have to get that one another time. So you guys lead super full lives, and it's really, I, it's a miracle that we can get you both on at the same time. So I don't want to waste too much of your time, but uh, it is a huge privilege to have you. 
we're going to be talking today um, about more of a more of a personal, more of a pastoral uh, subject. A lot of times we talk about things theoretically or uh, theologically, but today we're talking about your your lives and and as Vicky said, as we we're sitting here talking about what we're going to talk about, we're talking about where the rubber meets the road, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we we are in the process, the two of you and your families, of of walking out some really, really tough stuff in life. And, and I think one of the biggest things that people want to know, people who know you and people who will hear your stories today, how do you guys, how do you guys walk out this, this adversity or faith in adversity? But before we get to some of those stories, I want to back up because we haven't had you Vicky on the podcast yet. And I want to know, um, for the two of you, what was it like what was it like, fi- like starting a church in in a small town? Uh, obviously, everybody watches everything you do, right? That's right. It was uh, interesting because we had, as Steve has told me before, we thought we were going to start the Father's House in downtown Oroville, Main Street, Oroville, and the Lord sent us to Southside. So mm-hmm. it's been quite a ride. Yeah. Um, very exciting. So for those who don't know Orville it's it's got like the down the hill is the main main area it's kind of an old gold rush town um lots of old brick and mortar places and it's a little bit it's a little bit run down but south side where we're at now is a whole different ball game and we've talked about that whole different ball game um people are shocked when they come to south side even today mm-hmm. even though it's it's 21 years later it's it's a thousand percent different than when we started so yeah. it is it is quite shocking at times so what was it like? What was it like starting a church in a small town where not just starting a church, but starting a, a ministry that that really everybody everybody knows you around Orville, especially the Christian community, but it's not as we've discussed, it's not really a conventional ministry. So everybody not only does everybody watch everything you do, but everybody's got an opinion, even even brothers and sisters, Christian Christian, non-Christian, everybody sees you. So what? Is, how does that affect your walking out of your faith? Well, for me, um, I believe the, the Lord started the, the Father's house for me so I could be me. I could be me. And yeah. uh, I'm not a conventional pastor's wife. I can't <laughs> hold a tune. I'm not on the worship team. I really don't like kids' ministry, and I don't play the piano. So I feel <laughs> like the Lord said, let's just start the Father's house for Vicky because she can be Vicky. And um, I believe that's the uniqueness of the Father's House for me is that everywhere I go, I'm I'm exactly who I am at the Father's mm-hmm. House. Um, I can be very quirky and eccentric, and at the Father's House, they allow me to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's be, it's being real. Yeah. We just we just said here we are. This is us. This yeah. is what we do. And I think that the most important thing we did at first was we didn't take a survey. We didn't we didn't ask anyone's opinion. Yeah. We didn't listen to their opinions. They all they all did have an opinion. You're right on the money. Everybody was watching and they were watch they were scrutinizing yeah. and and a great deal of criticism. And we I'm pretty I'm pretty close to immune to that. Mm-hmm. And Vicky is very touchy feely about that. So what we've done to build this church is we my model started off and got us going of just if you're I, I've got to do what the Lord says and really not 
feel what they're saying, you know? Yeah. I, I cared. I just didn't feel it. It didn't let it get to me. And then, then as it, as the church took hold and became a real mover and shaker in the city, people began to know that we did something, you know, that we're doing something. Mm-hmm. Then really the Vicky's Vicky and her daughters, uh, our daughters, yeah, our daughters. really just kind of their, their philosophy of do respond to them because now it's not just pure criticism because you're the new guy. Yeah. It's not just their fear of you taking something from them. Now they can see that we can be someone to partner with. Now it's time to listen to their opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's the girls. They, they really are gifted at that. I'm still more the mind of not listening to anyone's opinion, but they are more the mind of listening to other people's opinions. And so we've really become a partner in the city of Oroville. We're, we're alongside of many ministries now because we, the girls' philosophy has really worked well in this season of our life. Yeah, you guys definitely complement each other really well. Yeah. Um, Steve, you're you're very like you're a bulldog in you don't you don't take no for an answer and you don't you don't compromise. Nope. And uh, and Vicky, you know, if there's somebody somebody sitting on the side of a party, somebody sitting in in church by themselves during the social socializing time, you're right there next to them, asking them what they need, right? And and then together together you you pull each other into this like this force that like really an unstoppable you know couple you couldn't do it by yourselves either of you right i often say to people that's exactly right max i often say to people can you imagine the church if steve was alone <laughs> at the church everybody would be sitting with their hands folded and and very uniform and yes sir yes and ma'am qui- and quiet and quiet <laughs> <laughs> and if i was running the church it'd be anarchy everywhere anarchy. because i'd be i'd be oh saying yes to every oh my gosh every decision i would say yes yeah. so we do really compliment each other and uh, oftentimes i mean many many times i have to tell him i think you might have hurt those those people's feelings <laughs> and, and i said what i didn't hurt their feeling did i I don't, I don't even, I'm not even aware. Yeah. So if, for those of you who haven't been to a service at the Father's House, there's the link to our YouTube channel, and you will, you'll be able to hear, even though Vicky is not mic'd up during the service, and Steve is about 25 feet away, you'll be able to hear Vicky, um, you know, if Steve's collar needs adjusting, or if, uh, you know, the other day your microphone was not even on your, your face, it was somewhere else. Yeah, I think. Oh yeah, somebody somebody <laughs> noticed it and helped you out, right? And then of course, uh, one of my girls. Yeah, the girls take your lead, Vicky, right, and, yes. and help out and help keep that on a on a leash, right? They will hear me if you're on the podcast or you're on not a podcast. If you're on the live broadcast of the Father's House, you will hear me before you see me because I will be saying that's right or Amen. I remember going to a church in uh, our home church in. in Spokane, and there's like 5,000 people. When we started, there was 25. Yeah. And our pastor, Joe, when we visit Spokane, often says to me, Vic, I, I heard you before I saw you. And that's yeah. a father's house. Yeah. And you might hear her on the recordings heckling me. Yeah. R- right now, they're uh, sort of jousting for position. So we're, we're still new in this podcasting game. We, we have two microphones for two guests, and now we have three. So and he I, wants to hog it. Yeah. I get my own, but they, they, have to, uh, they have to share. And so far, it's more of the, it's like the backseat of the car with two kids going around a corner, slamming each other into the door. Um, so I, I really appreciate the energy. Maybe it's because I gave you guys coffee and, and Steve brought Taco Bell to lunch here. 
Um, it's Nexus fault. But, but that's that's what we're really about here. Really is to to be informal, uncut. Sort of, we're just having coffee together. And this is a this is a a Stephen Vicky that you have your pastors of a a growing church. Not everybody can spend you know an hour a week with you guys. Uh, I'm really lucky that I can sit across the table from you guys. But hopefully now everybody listening to the uncommon truth here at at our church and those who are are wanting to know what what Christianity is like here in Orville, they can also get that. So I appreciate it. I wanted to get into talking about talking about some of the stories and it's awesome because there's a lot of joy in this room right now. Yeah, we've, we've got a lot of joy between and it's coming across the table pretty pretty high frequency. Um, but it's also been a really, really tough week. Yeah. It's, it's been a tough year. It's a been, hit. it's been a lot of, there's been a lot of stuff going on and your lives have been characterized by, to me, a couple things. Um, there's been lots of, lots of adversity that you've walked through, but that's, that's definitely not the first, second or third thing that I would have ever noticed about, about either of you or your family when I, in the past year of getting to know you and in, in the year or so before that, when we were investigating coming down. So why don't you tell me a little bit about, about some of the things you guys have walked through as a family. And, uh, you know, if this, if this goes too long, we'll make it into two podcasts because it's really important to, to hear some of these stories. All right, Max. I think that the thing that caused almost every, reaction to adversity in our life started with our son Mark being born to us. Um, I would say it was almost Tiny Tim's tiptoe through the tulips before that. Hmm. Everything was glorious. And then our son was born with Down syndrome. And I'd have to tell you that if there's anything at the father's house, period, that has been good for anyone. And, you know, in the big class the other day or I said, you know, is there anything I've ever done that made your life better? And I asked that once in a while. And I have to say that Mark being born is why we could go through economic crash, worldwide economic crash, crashing us. Mm -hmm. um, our, our house burning down, our, you know, our parents passing away. We can go through these things with such incredible faith because Mark was born to us. Mm. He transformed us. He, he caused us to be, to learn that how many good things come looking like something you wouldn't want mm. to this day. If I asked anyone, or even if we, by some, you know, virgin birth or miracle of God, you know, Abraham and uh, Sarah yeah. had a baby at our age oh and you asked us, would you want it to be down syndrome? We'd say, no, we right. would not. Right. But However, when we look back at this boy being born to us, he's now 36 years old. It is the most incredible thing for me. Made a man out of me, caused me to be who I am, taught me whatever level of patience you can find in me mm. came to me <laughs> from Mark. Mm. Um, whatever tenderness came to me through Mark. Um, uh, it, the ability to look at this thing and see God's hand in it on the way to the hospital. This is no kidding. We drove down a road that had a school and a yard with a fence. And it was, I would say, 
there were a lot of different afflictions in those kids at that school. But Down syndrome was by far the biggest. It was a crowd of Down syndrome people. Mm-hmm. And Vicky and I, her in labor, me driving, come to the stop sign. And I look over and I said, look at that. We've gone by this school hundreds and hundreds of times. They don't ever pay attention to cars. They never look out. They're never looking out. Yeah. They're sitting in the, they're playing in this corner. Sure. On this day, they line the fence and they stare at us. And hmm. we're looking at this fence. And I said, look at that. I went by slow. She's in labor. And I'm going by slow, looking at it. They're staring at us like children of the corn. Hmm. But they don't have evil in, in any way, shape, right. or form. Just- they're at the fence. And Vicky goes, look at that. <laughs> and at this at this point I we mean, oh no this was pre any we didn't know boy girl right. you didn't know anything in those yeah. days and remember he's 36 years old yeah it's a so, while ago yeah so we're we're looking we're like it's weird i'm going by and vicky says you do really well working with kids like that hmm. and that just stuck in my head we went by i mean i'm looking driving slowly and then i okay we're past we head off to the, it was it was a long time later when i remember that a few hours later, Mark is born to me, to us, and it's clear he has Down syndrome. Now, they mm-hmm. took a test and didn't confirm it for weeks, but it was pretty clear he has yeah. Down syndrome. And I went through a one heck of a night. I went through a very hard two days and then two months, all different levels of this agony, mm-hmm. feeling like I'd failed, feeling like I'd been cursed. I did something wrong. And turns out about the second day, he had tried to die maybe four or five times. He, they had had to save his life four or five wow. times in the first 24 to 48 hours. He kept just like forgetting to breathe. Hmm. He would just stop breathing. Yeah. And they'd, they'd shake him and he, oh, he'd breathe. It was, it was so weird. And he was in an incubator for not because he was tiny, but because he was frail. Mm-hmm. And I stuck my hand in this rubber glove and I, 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 f- I remember feeling the love that came over me. Hmm. I was afraid to be his dad. I was afraid. I didn't know. How, I mean, Nicole came easy. The first baby was so easy. Yeah. I, I was just naturally a dad. What am I going to do with this guy? And I was afraid to love him because he kept dying. He kept aspirating. He kept, I mean, he, he was in intensive care. I mean, I was afraid to love him. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't understand how I would survive the pain if he died. Right. And I put my hand in this rubber glove incubator and I rubbed his head because it was very few places that weren't covered in like stuff from the hospital, tubes, things like that. And I remember saying, you're my boy and I'm going to love you. I'm choosing to love you. Mm. And I want you to know I want you to live. I want you in my life. That alone for me, the selflessness of that could have been the first selfless act of my life. Wow. I mean, I, I, I don't know, but. I remember, I don't, I'll die for you. And I began to love him, but I couldn't get through this. It took another two months to get through the, the final struggle of him being my son. Yeah. Through his life, I grew to the point of incredible pride. But that, that adversity probably, probably would have went a different way had my pastor, the, um, the guy Vicky just mentioned about, mm-hmm. I saw you before I heard, I heard you before I saw you. <laughs> yeah. He called me from Oregon. He was out of town when the baby was born. 
oh, family are around celebrating. And I didn't feel like I did a good job. I felt like I'd done something wrong. Mm -hmm. I, and you couldn't get, you couldn't escape it. Something's wrong. And um, he called from Oregon. Now, this is pre-cell phone. This is, you got to be near the landline. Yep. And I answered it. Yeah, this is Joe from the Oregon coast, you know. And I'm like, oh, hi, Joe. I, congratulations. Oh, well, you know, I don't know. If, I don't know. Congrats. I didn't say anything. Yeah. But I'm feeling, I don't know. I don't know. Are congratulations in order? Mm -hmm. He said, man, Steve, God must think awfully highly of you to have given you such a gift. Mm-hmm as a boy with Down syndrome. And I kind of, you know, sloughed it off in the phone call, just did the polite thing, you know, and I, I couldn't escape those feelings. This is your blessing? This is the reward for faithfulness? You think highly of me, so you give me a Downs boy? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I wrestled with that, and I wrestled with it for a while. And I came out on the right side. And Vicky was heroic, for me, from my vision, Vicky was heroic from day one. That boy won the lottery yeah. when this girl was his mother. When that spirit was put in that body, in her body, that boy won the lottery. Uh, she went all in with that boy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was she was working with him, loving him, and 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 we we are who we are today. Uh, First and foremost, because of Jesus, of course. But the thing he, the, the item he used was the incredible struggle that I had and, and the blessing that he is uh, in, from our son being born with Down syndrome. And it's been remarkable. We have three other children that are superstars. Mm -hmm. And I believe they are superstars because their brother had Down syndrome. Yeah. They learn to care for people. They learn to help people. They learn to be patient with people's disabilities. They learn to be patient with people's inabilities. They learned our other three children are filthy rich with character and honor and integrity and love because their brother was born with Down syndrome. Mm. So the thing that nobody would say yes to, and we, like I said, if, if we were, if, even today. It's not something you choose. Yeah. No, my next grandkid. If I, uh, praise the Lord, if I have one, do you want him to be Down syndrome? Yeah. Would you want that blessing on your children? And I'd, I'd sit here and say no. But if that baby was born with Down syndrome, I guarantee you, they they won the lottery. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's the bit down, on that one. Doesn't it come down to our expectations as as Christians? Jordy always says that offense, uh, offense is born of unex, uh, unmet expectations, right? And we have... Yeah. We have this expectation in ministry that that says we're we're owed something or that um, almost this this it's supposed to go a certain way, right? Because it's like we're giving our our fealty to the Lord, so He must reward us with something, yeah. and that's that's something you've pointed out to me. That's not that's not anywhere in Scripture. No, and uh, and so then that that seems like it it started you guys off on on the right path. What, what's some other things that you guys have walked through as a family? Well, I just wanted to go back a little bit, Max, about Mark. And um, if you know Mark, he's remarkable. And, and probably of the four kids, he's the most like me, Yeah. which is kind of funny in a Downs man because people don't realize that he's he's so witty. And uh, not to say I'm witty. Well, I'm kind of witty. But um, <laughs> Mark is, they, when, they told, when Mark was born, they said he would never be 
anything but have concrete logic. That mm. means it just what it is, it is. And and he is so. Um, what's it called when you just he's so. Uh, um, there's a word and I'm I'm losing it right is now. Is it uh, abstract. abstract? He's so yeah. abstract and he's so funny and and um, he he makes jokes with people and they just don't know what to do because he's got Down syndrome. Yeah. But the Lord said a long time ago that he would speak to the world from Oroville. Mm-hmm. And we had thought maybe through a podcast or maybe through Steve's messages. And mm-hmm. and when our house burned down in 17, there was a Facebook post that our daughter Danielle put about Mark, her brother, lost all his videos in the fire. And he's he's really into he's he into, loves movies, if right? You know Down syndrome adults, they are or children, they usually are into DVDs and, yeah. and VHS and stuff. So Danielle just put a post hey, my, my brother lost his videos. Would you consider sending some of your old ones? And by the time we were done, we had 12,000 DVDs <laughs> sent to the father's house. And there's a video of Mark actually seeing the first 1,200. Yeah. And that video has been seen over 40 million times wow. around the world. In fact, we were speaking in England, and we were talking about the fire that just burned down our house a week before. And people are actually elbowing them each other, saying, "I saw that video." Yeah. So it's it's remarkable. We I think we were in Italy too. That somebody came up and said, you know, they somehow they knew, or I can my brain is kind of mush this week. But Mark, the least of these, my brother, is the one that gets to speak to the world from Oroville. Yeah. And he is, you know, remarkable. He is my <laughs> mark on life, and um, you know, I agree a hundred percent with Steve. Is that when Mark was born? We rethunk, we, we rethought um, Jesus. Like, I think when we got saved, we just thought it was going to be tiptoeing through the tulips and mm-hmm. life is great and nothing, no rain will fall on us. And everything that we've walked through with it, that is adversity has um, caused us to rethink a lot of things in our life and, and really um, landing on the verse of count it all joy, my brother. Mm. And so as we go through this week, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm joyful. I mean, there's moments of tears, and, but I'm joyful because I know this is what we're living for is a hope of glory and that we might attain the, to the resurrection. So Mark definitely laid the foundation of our faith 36 years ago yeah. for who we are today. So there, there's, a, there's another, another little person that touched the world from Oroville. And uh, I, w- I want you to talk about her a little bit. Um, some some folks who are listening are really close to you guys. Some people, uh, this might be their first time listening. So tell us a little bit about Avalyn. Well, Avalyn is our oldest daughter's second child, little girl. We had seven granddaughters, and then we had a grandson. And Avalyn was number two. And so we've, you know, she's seven, seven years old. And when she was four years old, she was diagnosed with leukemia. And uh, it was, again, very shocking. Mm -hmm. Like, her mom, Nicole, our our oldest, has been faithful from the day she was born. She has loved and believed in and trusted and expected from, from the Lord her whole life. And never walked away, never went lukewarm, never lived a compromised Christian life of any kind mm-hmm. and did not expect one of her children to have down, uh, to have leukemia. So the worst leukemia, the worst leukemia you can have. Yeah. 
And her, Nicole and Louie, her husband, they went to battle. They, they went to live in McDonald houses, mostly living in hospital rooms, raising their other two daughters around medical stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, little Ava Lynn was just the magic in the world. She, she has this kind of a grumpy hate stare that is like... <laughs> Like we'll just it, it man we all laugh because yeah. it's it's hilarious because she can she can freeze you know the wicked witch of the west <laughs> and uh, and then she has this delight that's just hilarious you yeah. know and um, yeah, so all of us got to spend quality time because Evelyn had leukemia for three years and she relapsed three times and she would be free and then relapse be free. Mm-hmm. And so this last time she was, we were at grandparents day and, uh, she was really recovering, really starting to get some of her life back hair. I noticed her hair was about an inch long, you know, and Mm -hmm. it was really getting, she was, she was really regaining things, you know, and eating, she was eating. And then, uh, two weeks later, um, she's on her deathbed Mm -hmm. and Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, she passed away and, uh, we, you know, just just four days ago, she passed away, and we just uh, will miss her. We watched her suffer. We know the results of all of the chemo and all of the radiation would would have given her a very rough life. Mm-hmm. Um, her she would be sterile. Her b- bones would be brittle. Her growth would be very stunted. Her eyesight would be harmed. Mm-hmm. Her hearing would diminish. So many different things, her legs, muscles, atrophy. And so she passed very quietly and very peacefully into the, into, into the arms of Jesus. And we as a family rejoiced. And I have to tell you, we prayed like we prayed fervently, mm-hmm. expecting her to just recover 100%, all those things, fertility, muscles, bones, eyes, everything. We, we, Believed in total 100% uh, healing for her until the moment she passed into the arms of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then we all got up, cleaned up the room. They, they, they did. I, I met them at the Ronald McDonald house. We packed up the Wallace family and went home. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they are crying bitter tears, but they are also laughing hilariously. Yeah. They are rejoicing and enjoying their daughter's life, and they are missing her uh, in a way that only parents who've experienced this could ever know. Mm. And um, I can't relate to their feelings. I can only relate to being a grandpa who's going to miss his little girl. Yeah. But they're superstars, and uh, we as a family have this incredible release I am a true believer. Vicky is a true believer. He did not have to. God does not have to do what we want him to do for us to believe. Mm-hmm. We definitely want him to, and we try. We ask, and we believe, but he's the Lord. We said be Lord. And so what happens? A seven-year-old who had been sick for three years, who had been miserably sick, got to go to heaven and be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, worse things happen. This little seven-year-old will never have to face the doubt this world throws at her. She will never have to face the temptations of the enemy. 
she will never lose her innocence. Mm-hmm. In eternity, she will not have a memory of a time where her innocence was not there. She was always innocent. I have great memories. I have tremendous amounts of memories of not being innocent. Mm-hmm. My little Ava Lynn will never have to face this world. Yeah. She does not have to be judged. She never reached the age of accountability. Mm-hmm. And so that's our story of what, that's the brief story. Vicki Vicky was like a hero of this whole thing. She spent so many hours in the hospital room, so many hours taking turns at Ronald McDonald House. I stayed here and pastored the Father's House Church. She went and jumped in with our daughter, and she was there with the Wallace family, taking care of the other two girls, mothering them, grandmothering mm-hmm. them, taking care of her daughter, Nicole, and taking care of our granddaughter. And it was really, really awesome. It was uh, just, it was just, it's just a one of those experiences that if you stop and you're able to see beyond your disappointment, you see the amount of love, you see the amount of heroic response out of every avenue of human life. People came to love on our family, came to love on that little girl. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just tremendous. I'm, I'll let Vicki share now, but um, it, it honestly... I bet you if I get to live 20 or 30 more years, I'll bet you money I'll be talking about this day like I talk about Mark's birth yeah. as the day that launched a, a, countless people encountering God and finding the gospel of Jesus Christ to be their salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this is a, um, a banner week um, in good and bad for us right it's bittersweet right so yeah it's i don't think anybody understands some of our responses regarding um the joy that we have the tears and the joy we um you know just waves of tears and joy for this little girl who is bigger bigger than life she was a magnificent i mean she was pithy and strong-willed and delightful and old beyond her eight her her um years she fought valiantly um and even even hours like an hour before she passed, she was she was still fighting. And she just her personality came out from the to the moment the Lord took her. And I had the, the privilege of being there when she was born, and I had the privilege of being there when uh, Jesus took her. Mm-hmm. And uh, what she has accomplished in her short seven magnificent years is more than you and I probably will ever have. In I'm 62. Um, we're planning her incredible memorial celebration yeah. of life. It's going to be spectacular. And if you're anywhere near Oroville, I really would invite you to come and celebrate this little girl. But um, We'll have those details in the podcast in the notes below. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd love for you to come. It's going to be a celebration. Um, and I, 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 like I said, I don't know that people really can understand the way we're walking through this. But it's if you're really a believer in Jesus— it's it is it is a celebration. It is a homecoming, and um, her her ability to touch. I think she had f- almost five thousand people that were following her her life. Yeah. And what it has done in this community of Orville, and what it's done in the Bay Area, and it just it just trickles all over the world. Actually, the, the response we're getting is people are looking at our family and i think you asked before if that people are watching yeah. i believe people have been watching the orcillos for 21 years yeah they've been watching to see whether or not you know how we walk this out and um 
I believe that many people have come and will come back to the love of Jesus, or they will find the love of Jesus through Avalyn's life. Um, her, her actually, her, her name means breath of life wow. and it's Avalyn hope. And, um, I know that it's not in vain because Jesus doesn't do things in vain and all things work together for good for those who love Christ Jesus and they're called according to his name and purpose. Yeah. And I, we are, we're called and, you know, he promises peace that passes understanding and we're really walking through this. It's like moments of just like Steve said, laughter, joy, talking about Avalyn, talking about who she's been in the last seven years. And then just like, you know, when Steve was talking, the tears come Yeah. because selfishly I'm going to miss her mm-hmm. and she's not going to get married and have kids and all the things that we desperately hope for, for our granddaughters, grandson. Yeah. And that's not going to happen. However, wow. She gets to see Jesus face to face. Yeah. Her suffering's gone. She's run her race. Her race was almost seven years, seven and a half years, almost eight. And none of us know when our expiration date is. And mm-hmm. I believe all of us think that we are guaranteed, you know, 70 plus 10, 80 years or whatever it is, in, you know, in the, in the Bible it says. What does it say? Three score and 10. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's three twenties okay, and a 10. Okay, goodbye. And he, he loves to correct me. I'm more, I don't, I'm not really. I think really, the feeling's mutual. <laughs> yeah, right, I think yeah, you like right. to. I'm more, I'm more, I just kind of abstract. I, <laughs> See, this is who we are. We just, um, we live, we live large. We live out loud. We live in front of people and we just want to be authentic and genuine in our grief and in our joy. Mm-hmm. And Avalyn, I believe with all my heart that she, that like Steve said, that this will be a banner week for many people. And we'll be talking about Avalyn's magnificent life for many, many years to come. You know, mm-hmm. to know that we're still standing and we're, we're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus because we know that no matter what happens, Jesus is good and yeah. he's, he doesn't lie. Well, you, you guys have decided before any of this happened, and, and probably more so with each thing that you walk through, but you've decided that Jesus is good, yeah. that he is who he says he is, and, and the, the circumstances that you walk through don't determine if he's good or not. And for me, I think I think most of my Christian walk has been the opposite of that. Uh, that you know, when I was in college, it was well, if I have a if I have a you know a nice if I have a, a girlfriend, then Jesus is good, and if I don't, then then he's not. And, right. You know, or, yeah. and it's all these little things yeah. that that don't matter. If I have enough money to to make rent then Jesus is good. And if, if I don't, then why yeah. hasn't, why is he not provided for me? Right. And I think and that's the number one yeah. reason people can't go through adversity. What you're saying, why we can is because at a very, I mean, the very night I met Jesus, March 10th, 1975, I walked outside and the first prayer I prayed after that 22nd prayer was don't let me forget. I'm asking you, don't let me forget what it was like to not, know you Mm -hmm. don't let me forget what earlier tonight felt like and i never have the despair that i felt the lostness i'm always describing it because it is so con in contrast to what i felt just those hours later and so in our life that example i was sitting on a beach in 1975 and the lord spoke to me and he hadn't spoken to me yet this is months later maybe a month later. And he spoke to me. And I'm telling you, I heard a voice. I turned around to see who it was. 
It was clearly him. I had just been complaining that he didn't speak to me. And he spoke to me. (laughs) And I could not deny the Lord has spoke to me. So how if just let's not have another thing happen in my long life, 44 more years, and not another thing occurred. Well, did he speak or didn't he? I said he did. Yeah. I have not forgotten that he did. So therefore, come hell or high water, your house burns down, you go bankrupt, your granddaughter dies, your, you know, your son's born with Down syndrome, has medical problems, comes near death. What does that all have to do with that one fact? Is he real? Isn't he real? Are the words that he said true? So then in my life, I have testimony where his words have been true in my life. So if I'm telling everybody, read the words of Jesus, they are true. He is the truth. Follow him. If you follow him, you won't get lost. And then I experienced that in my life, that following the words of Jesus, I don't get lost. Mm -hmm. Then my granddaughter's sick. What does one have to do with the other? If he's real, for one, he spoke to me, for one, another, and then his words work. His words are true. Mm-hmm. Now, what does it matter if my house burns down? They, it doesn't change those three things. And so how do you get through adversity in this world with faith? You believe what Jesus said. I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not true, I would not have told you so. Oh, I am not a man that I should lie. Nor a son of um, man that so, I should change my mind. That's right. I am true. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, it's remarkable, that fact. So, my house burns down. He's real. Mm-hmm. He, I, I will, I will, lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Me and my father will make our home in you. So here I am standing, looking down on a pit with my house burned down. And I realized it's his house, and he could have protected it. This isn't circumstance. He's, me and him are standing on a sidewalk looking at a fiery pit. <laughs> I said, well, what did you Scratching want? Your, your why, heads, right? why did you want your house to burn down? He didn't answer me. I said, well, it, it was your house. You could have protected it. You didn't. So this is your will. Let's go. What do you want me to do? Tell, you know, if, tell me what you want me to do. Rebuild or move? Rebuild or go somewhere else? Or anything else? You tell me. Mm-hmm. He didn't answer me that night. Went home. Well, I guess it was that night. I went home, told Vicky. I snuck up the hill. I, I got past the, the, the guards to go yeah. see my house. Told her there was firemen sleeping in the driveway. Blah, you know, those kind of things. And, I, and, then, and then it went quiet in the P61 house where we were staying. And, and he told, I'm, I want you to rebuild. Hmm. So I have all this reality. So he's real. He's good. On the night I met him, he forgave my sins. There's no doubt about it. I owe him everything. I owe him everything. Hmm. He owes me nothing. He doesn't owe me protecting that house. He doesn't owe me as a 63-year-old man that I don't have to build another house. I had already swore I'll never build another house unless the Lord says so. Well, the Lord said so. There I am climbing in rafters, carrying lumber, cutting wood all day. And I'm... It was, a, it was one of the greatest joys of my life. The burning of that house turned out to be one of the greatest blessings that have ever happened to us because we didn't mourn it. We didn't complain about it. 
We didn't make a big deal about it. We just said, what's next? Mm -hmm. He's real. He's with us to the end of the age, lives in us. And this is part of the adventure in kingdom living for us. Yeah. And so my secret to go living through faith through adversity is that he's real. He owes me nothing. I deserve nothing. I owe him everything. And that everything I do, I work for him. And he lets me. Mm -hmm. And so that's the secret and the key to faith in adversity. I, th I think it's so simple. People go to college for many years to learn this stuff. To me, it's like falling out of a log. The <laughs> truth is right in front of you. He's the way. He is with you. Doesn't matter what happens. He goes to prepare a place for you. And the truth is, is that um, the rain's going to fall on everybody. He's, he, he promises that the rain's going to fall on the just and the unjust. Mm -hmm. And everyone's life has adversity. There is no escaping death. There, you're going to yeah, have loved the, ones. It's the basis of life, right? It's the yeah. most. Everybody's got suffering. Everyone's got suffering, and, we're, and we as Christians oftentimes are just surprised that he doesn't Superman hero us and just come and swoop us out of the burning building. You know, um, he does it to bring glory to who he is. And we're not God, and we don't understand why a seven-year-old didn't get healed, mm -hmm. but we know Jesus. And and I think I think like you said, you know. Um, you know, Jesus isn't real if, you know, if our rent's not paid or Jesus, yeah. you know, or I don't have a girlfriend, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like that's the instant Christianity, I think, that in the United States, especially in the Western world, is that we experience. I think it's even packaged and sold that way. Yeah. And I think we do a big disservice to every person we lead to Jesus because it's it 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 seems like when we, I first got saved, I've been saved 40 years ago, it actually went for a long time where there was no tragedy, probably because I was 20s, you know. Mm. But now it seems like in a day at the father's house that we could have three people tell me that they're they're pregnant and then one person say they just lost a baby. Yeah. I mean, it's up and down all day with, with the life in times, you know, loving Jesus right now. I think the world is getting darker and darker. And I believe we as Christians have to be firmer and firmer on, on standing on the truth of who Jesus is, the rock of our salvation, mm -hmm. because the storms will come. Yeah. And if your house is on the sand, you will be devastated. And the world needs to see somebody, and there's lots of us, just not me and Steve, they need, they need to see people who love Jesus standing on the truth of Jesus, standing on the rock of salvation, standing on the firm foundation. Because when the winds come and the rain comes, and they will, they need to know where they can go. Yeah. When the world fails them, when their money fails them, when their when their their wives or husbands or children fail them, what's the truth? What's the answer? Well, it's Jesus, mm -hmm. but it doesn't always look like we think it's going to look. Yeah. And I and and I just wanted to make the point that you just every person is going to suffer adversity of one kind or another in your eighty years or however many years God decides that you have, and we're just we as Christians oftentimes are shocked because. Our daughter, our granddaughter has leukemia or our associate pastor has cancer. Mm -hmm. You know, we just are always shocked that it shouldn't happen to us. And it's like, I'm not sure that's exactly true because it's what we do in those moments that will determine the outcome of what we're walking through. Yeah, I mean, as, as Christians, we're all, we're, we're humans and we're humans just like everyone else in the world. And so that right. means we have, we have bodies that atrophy and we have you know the the world is still you know you still have 
all sorts of things that can come at us. The the big difference is we've got a hope mm-hmm. and and everybody else doesn't, right? Somebody said, so Christians have the big questions of life answered. And we just have to worry about the little the little things, you know, the little things of this world just for a little while and then we have we have eternity figured out. The rest of the world has has this world, this life figured out, the little things. But they have big questions after that. Big questions that they don't that they don't have. And so uh, one thing I appreciate just in in closing with you guys is that uh, you you are who you say you are. Thank and you. and I, I don't know if I fully understood that because I wasn't here when your house burned down. I saw I saw the old place. It was great. <laughs> it was nice. And I came back and there was a new one in the it's same nicer. spot and it's even better, right? <laughs> we love it. And uh, and I was you know, I've met Mark and I, I love Mark and and I met Avi and and I saw uh, but I don't think I saw until until this past week really um, really how how you guys walked through that was so it's just your belief in action, right? It's, awesome. it's the it's like, well, I guess I was even surprised that I was, I was still looking, you know, like still looking for the fruit, right? Mm. Of, okay, well, th- they say this, but how is it going to be when, and it is, it is that oh, 80% joy yeah. and, and that 20% of, of sadness, Correct. but it's not despair. No. It's not despair. And it's, uh, it's a piece that passes understanding. It really is understanding. I was, of, that really he does give you that. The mm-hmm. piece that, I mean, honestly, the world would say we should be devastated in a heap. And I hopefully people don't come away thinking that we're cavalier right. about her passing. We're not. It, we're, we're crushed. But yeah. we also have the hope of glory. And, and in spite of the huge hole that she's going to leave in all of us, I mean, she, it's going to be huge. Mm-hmm. It, it, but Jesus. Jesus is the one that comes in and, and is the answer to all the questions. Mm-hmm. And we will miss her greatly. However, like Steve said, I mean, that's why we run this race is to see Jesus face to face. And so it's, it, it, it really is. It, for me, the hope of glory and just the, the peace that passes understanding. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we'll have an opportunity. I'm going to, I'm going to give all the information for her memorial, uh, at the end of this episode and I'll have it in writing in the, in the notes below the episode. So everybody listening can check that out. Uh, it's going to be open to everybody. Everybody's welcome. Um, she's gonna she's gonna throw us a big party, and uh, and it's gonna it's gonna continue the mission you guys started here, which is changing Orville right. and uh, reaching the world from Orville, and so I'm I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm I'm pleased to be a member of your church and watch you guys as you live Christianly in the world. And uh, we're going to have you guys on a lot more because I like having, I like watching you guys together. <laughs> it's really fun. Because he's annoying. All right. Yeah, we need, we need Let's two. Let's get two mics. Oh, no, no. She's a mic hog. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. We love you, Max. We're so glad that you and Sheree and the girls are here. It's been such a delight to have you and the podcast. We think it's really, really well done. You know, appreciate it. It's good. Thanks, Max. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for joining us and maintaining the uncommon truth as part of your podcasting routine, even in this uncertain time. I wanted to take a chance to give you some updates about what's going on here at the uncommon truth and how you can stay connected with us. 
If you're starting to find yourself a little bit bored in all of this social distancing or if you're, you're stuck at home, not at work, not commuting and listening to the podcast that way, we've got some other content for you. First of all, coming from us here at The Uncommon Truth, the podcast, we're going to start doing weekly episodes again or, or do our best to make sure that happens. I mean, it's hard to project what is even going to happen week to week here, but that's what we're going to try to do. So definitely keep subscribing to the show and uh, you'll get these, these episodes dropping on your podcast feed. If you find yourself with even more time on your hands, I'd recommend you check out changeorville.org. Uh, that's the Father's House webpage where we've been doing some live streams actually every evening um, and our Sunday service as well. So there's currently seven episodes available as of today when this podcast drops. And if you keep checking back, more will keep coming uh, every day. So that's going to include some teaching, uh, even some worship, uh, depending on which day. So definitely check those out. I will put the information in the show notes. So just scroll down and click on the links and you can go there. If you've missed any episodes and you have time on your hands, I'd also recommend going back through our back catalog and checking out some of those conversations. Today's episode was a really good example of some of the gold that's back there in our back catalog of episodes. And most of our content is evergreen, which means we're not talking about current events. It's, it's just stuff that's uplifting and useful and challenging no matter when you listen to it. And if you're out there in podcast land and you're feeling a little bit lonely, need somebody to connect with, you can always shoot me an email and you can ask for a shout out here on The Uncommon Truth. You can uh, tell me what you'd like to hear or even if you've got some questions for Steve or any of our other our other usual guests, you can shoot those to me. I'll put my email in the show notes and we can stay connected during this time of social distancing. Our tagline here at the Father's House Church has been social distancing, not spiritual distancing. So that's what we're trying to maintain. So with that in mind, keep listening, keep sharing the podcast, but also keep your distance from others and keep yourself safe. And we'll see you next week here on The Uncommon Truth.